Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Holly. And I'm Bridget. And this is Girls Next Level. Welcome back to season two of Girls Next Level podcast. I can't believe we've been doing this a year. I can't either. We have been having so much fun with it. So we want to thank you guys for loving the show and coming along for the ride. And we're just having fun with it. We even got a cake and balloons today. So I'm excited to get into season two because as I've said before, like the seasons get better for me as I keep going. Like at the time when we were filming them, I was getting more and more confident. I like the episodes better watching them back. So season two, still not my favorite season, but it's getting better. (laughs) Wait, what is your favorite season? They get better as they go. I mean, I'm kind of partial to season three just because my birthday episode is in there. But I think that's the only reason. But also like season four has like the Alaska episode. Yeah. But then season five has so many things. I think overall, (laughs) if I'm not looking at like individual episodes, if I'm looking at it overall, it just gets better as it goes. Yeah. Because we're getting more confident and we're able to do more things and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I noticed when this episode started that already I just see a change in us. Like I feel like the doors have opened, the floodgates have opened, and we are ready for this now. I'm so glad you noticed that too, because I noticed a huge change in myself from this season compared to the first season. Huge. Night and day. I just feel like we are owning it a little more. Like, we're not like, um, I don't know. I can't. But we're like, no, here I am. And this is what I'm doing. And I'm so excited. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. Obviously, we're still living under Hef's roof. So there's always going to be a little bit of like, let's stay in line and not get in trouble. But I feel like I'm so much more confident. I've taking the baby voice down a notch. Like I'm comfortable joking around a little bit more and just being more confident. And they're actually starting to show interests I have a little bit more. Not a ton, but a little bit. And I feel like there's a comfort level here Mm -hmm. for everybody. Like I feel like I'm being myself. Like I'm not, you don't even have to go back and keep explaining who you are and why you're there anymore and stuff. Like we already know all of that. And now we're just here and we're we're living life. Yeah, because that was kind of exhausting season one because you're right. They would repeat those themes over and over where you had to kind of say, like, how many times did you have to talk about how important being a playmate was to you? Right. And how many times did I have to talk about being in love? Right. Right. So we're done with all that. Everybody knows who we are now. They kind of understand our characters a little bit. And I say that in quotes because obviously we're more than the show shows. Mm -hmm. But like you kind of get like our personalities a little bit more. And and I just felt a real strong difference in this just in the opening of this episode. I'm just like, you know, not even not even the open open, but Mm -hmm. I just mean the the very beginning of it. Yeah, me too. So this episode originally aired on July 30th, 2006. And Bridget, did you know this was our highest rated episode ever? No, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, the show kept gaining popularity over the years. But as far as like an original Sunday night showtime, this one did the best. And I feel like with Girls Next Door, there was not really an urgency to watch an episode as it was brand new on Sunday night because E would rerun the show to (gasps) death for the rest of the week. (laughs) Yeah. But as far as people feeling like 
like season two wasn't our biggest season, but it was as far as people all wanting to sit down on a Sunday night and watch the episode as it came out, they did for that's, this one. That's interesting because I feel like it had been off the air for a little while and they're really excited that it's back on. So definitely that. And I think there were some things in the promo that were definitely eye catching and stuff too. So people were excited to watch it. And I'm going to take you back in time a little bit and tell you that the number one song at the time was Promiscuous by Nelly Furtado and okay. Timbaland. I feel like that song has kind of come back within the last couple of years. Like it's been really popular on TikTok like the last two years. Interesting. So it's kind of made a resurgence. But that song definitely brings me back to this era. Yeah. For sure. Like, I feel like I remember listening to it at the Palms in Vegas specifically. Uh Uh-huh. And the number one movie around this time was Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. That was number one for most of July, but was actually number one this week was Miami Vice. And I went to go look at what that was, and it was Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx. But it's not like Miami Vice, the 80s version. It was very, like, bland and serious looking. Oh. Like it wasn't 80s Miami Vice. Because when I saw that Miami Vice was the number one movie, I was like, what? I don't remember that. Because when I picture somebody remaking Miami Vice, I picture like something goofy, like Will Ferrell. Very spoofy, yeah. Yeah, in like a pink t-shirt with like a white blazer standing next to like a Camaro or something. (laughs) But that wasn't what it was. So anyway, we're back in 2006. And I don't know what to say about the cold open. It's awkward for me. Okay, so in case you haven't watched or don't remember. Uh, It starts out in Kendra's room with her changing and she's trying on outfits for Hef's birthday. And she says in commentary that like they just popped into her room and were like, okay, Kendra, do something. And she was like bored and didn't want to do anything. But she had like the outfits for the party sitting there. So she's like, all right, I'll try on these outfits for the party. Yeah, I had always wondered that until we re-listened to commentary because as I was watching these, I was like, okay, this is a trope that they're doing. Like they love to do cold opens of just like Kendra changing. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, how did that start? Were they like trying to get her to come out of her room and do something and she wouldn't get out of bed so they just barge into her room or was she wanting to do that but yeah in commentary she says they were just hanging out in her room yeah and so she strips down tries on the outfit it's a very dominatrix outfit that she's gonna wear to Hef's birthday and that's that's the cold open yeah <laughs> and in commentary, you love say you you said how much you love doing commentary. Oh no, you know what I noticed in the commentary is I'm t- over this scene. I'm kind of talking a mile a minute about how much I just love doing commentary because this is the first time we're back for the season two DVD, and I feel like I'm talking so much about that because this scene kind of makes me uncomfortable. <gasps> Oh, my God. Okay, so I was thinking the exact same thing. We come into season two commentary and you're just like on one. Like I sound like I'm on cocaine. Yeah, like you're like just like blah, 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 talking wasn't. a million miles <laughs> a minute. And I'm like, wow, Holly's really like I've, I very much felt like steamrolling this whole like um, commentary scene. And then but then I I thought that, too, because I know that you do that when you get like uncomfortable about something. Yeah, because I don't want to comment. Well, first of all, in commentary, that was like the one time Kendra didn't want to take up the room for whatever reason. So we were kind of left to fill the space a lot more. And I I'm not going to comment on her 
body or her like being naked or like like I just felt like it was super awkward like she's not really volunteering to talk so some of us have to and then if we don't say anything that looks that speaks volumes yeah too, that makes people it look like we're dogging it. her like even now like I said when we started I, this cold open makes me uncomfortable like I don't even know how to talk about it well get used to it because there's like three of those or something like yeah. that in here <laughs> so then the next scene it starts outside the mansion and I noticed in season one, they've started doing this, but they really honed in on it this season. They always start outside the mansion and like zoom in on the windows that the action is going to be taking place in mm-hmm. and then cut to inside the room. It's very sitcom style. Are they getting the rooms right this time, though? Because I noticed for the longest time they would zone in on Kendra's window and then it would be your room. I know. Or something. Yeah, they used to screw it all up. But this time I felt like I'm not going to say that they were 100 percent accurate, but I thought their accuracy was pretty good on what rooms. Oh, good. They're finally catching on. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking in commentary about Hef's birthday and how I think next year, which meaning 2007, Hef wants to do his birthday in Vegas. And I think he did, right? I don't remember because I was going to ask you, did he? (laughs) I know he did in 2008, but I think maybe he did in 2007. Could be. Um, Then they focus in on the invitation for the party because it's Hef's 80th birthday and it's a baby picture of him. And it does a quick montage of like balloons and and my cake and the invitation. And your favorite thing, a montage of like the party to come. I know. Every time (laughs) they give it away before it happens. I mean, I kind of get it gets people excited for what we're and, and shows people why we're prepping so much for what's about to come. Mm-hmm. So I get why they do it. It just seems weird to do it, too, at the same time. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. So I've committed to plastic hair this season. In my interview, I'm wearing the fall. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's part of like coming back more confident is I know how I wanted my hair and makeup done now. I know what I want to wear for interviews. Like I have my character down. I wish that I had thought of that, those things because I did. I don't feel like I have my character down. I think I kind of look like I've only watched episode one, but I feel like I look kind of like a mess. No, I kind of enjoy watching your confessional looks throughout the seasons because I feel like you change it up quite a bit. Like there's All one the coming time. up later where it looks like you're doing a Cinderella cosplay. I don't think you were trying to, but that's <laughs> one of my favorites. Well, that you know what? It's something I still love to do today. Like I'm all over the place with things. I am hair up, hair down, half up, half down, pigtails, ponytails. Like I love all of it. I like bangs. I like no bangs. Today I tried the part in the middle. Sometimes I do like the side Mm -hmm. thing. Like I'm just and makeup too. I'm all over. And even the way I dress, like I just try, I like trying different things and maybe it doesn't work or maybe it's not me or whatever, but I, I like switching it up all the time. It's fun. You know what else I noticed when I was watching these for my YouTube rewatch is when I'm watching the seasons go on and I'm watching myself get confident, get more and more confident on TV, I noticed my confidence in real life now was going up as I watch it. 
Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And that's... So let me let me know if that happens for you. Okay. <laughs> well, I definitely was feeling some feelings in this episode, but I'll, I'll get to those mm-hmm. in a little bit. But we say in commentary that Hef's 80th birthday was the best birthday party he's ever had. But not only that, but we felt like it was the best party ever at the mansion. It was really good. It was really big. And they cut back and they show all this stuff like Hef used to have birthday Olympics and birthday roasts yes. and birthday talent shows. I feel like you would have thrived in the birthday talent show era. I would have loved that. And Kendra would have thrived in birthday Olympics era. I would have loved that too, though. <laughs> and I would have thrived in birthday roast because I'm a sarcastic bitch. What about the roller skating parties that we tried to do a million times? Yeah, and we I would couldn't. have thrived in that era too. Yeah, I was just going to bring those up. And that variety show they called the Hef Schlong Show. Because <laughs> in the 70s, they used to have a show called The Gong Show, right? Yeah. That was like talent show. Yeah. Um, Ew, and then he sings Thank Heaven for Little Girls. And that just does not age well. Oh, yeah, God. that's not okay. <laughs> and then it shows Hef eating cake to some girl. I think this is from 2001. And then you say in commentary, Hef doesn't just have a birthday. He has a birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he had even more than that. I feel like oh, yeah. it was birthday one time we month. did a birthday year. Like this year, we go traveling. Like we- Oh, yeah, because in the summer, like two months later, we were still like hopping, city hopping in Europe. And every city he had a cake. Yeah, we literally went like all over the place celebrating his birthday. So I feel like it was for the whole year. It was Hef's 80th birthday, mm-hmm. which I'm not hating. I'll, I'm all about yeah. it. Yeah. Like I love a long birthday. <laughs> yeah. Is any reason to like travel and get cake? And yeah, <laughs> I'm all for it. It starts out with Casablanca night and it shows Brian Alea setting up the poster and guests starting to arrive. For Casablanca night, I'm sure you guys already know, but just so you don't, in case you don't, Hef shows his favorite movie, Casablanca, that um, Friday night before his birthday every single year. This was the 14th year it was happening. Uh, in 2006 everyone gets all dressed up formal and they do champagne and caviar so but I wanted to say too when I first started going up there I know all the guys wore the white jackets Mm -hmm. but I swear nobody else really dressed up yeah I'm trying to think of what everybody else wore I remember what I wore for my first Casablanca night it was like a pink vintage dress but I don't remember if anybody else did. I really dressed up every year for it. And I feel like people started to after that. Like yeah. people started getting more and more formal. So I just feel like it was a little something that we kind of pushed. Oh, for sure. Like yeah. it wasn't just something. The white jackets with Nick's, uh, Nick. <laughs> the white jackets with Hef's inner circle was something that was mm-hmm. already being done. But like everyone kind of dressing up and theming out wasn't. And I feel like we really were the impetus for that. Oh yeah, for sure. And then, and then you say, so tonight is Casablanca night. And then, and tomorrow is his actual birthday. We pack the guest list with celebrities and beautiful people. And then you say, and we have painted ladies. And it shows Hef, a picture with all these painted ladies. And Tiffany Lang is one of them. And then you say Three Six Mafia is going to perform. So it's always a big deal. Three um, Six Mafia was so in back then. Oh, yeah. Well, they had just won, like, the Oscar for yeah. their song in the movie. And, like, yeah. So... So you say it's always a big deal, but this year it's going to be even bigger. And it was. It was like it the was a biggest. Good party. Yeah. You know what I forgot about? When they're showing them setting up the tents in the backyard, remember the tent walkers? The tent walk The people on top? Yeah, because people, oh, yeah. they would set up these huge tents in the backyard and we would see it from your bedroom window. 
I don't know why they're up there. I don't know if they're like laying electrical cord or what they're doing. But guys would have to walk on top of the tent. It look, just looked so scary. It would be scary. And then my window overlooked the backyard. So it was like parallel with my window. So I'm like, oh, there's dudes just like walking around yeah. at my window height. It looks so dangerous. Yeah. Okay. So then the next scene starts out in the backyard of the bunny house. And, and we love that pool. You can see how cute the pool is. I bet they tore that whole pool out. Oh, I'm sure. I, won- I wonder what the new house there looks like or if anybody's built yet. I don't know. Maybe we can Google map it later. Yeah, let's do it. And there's super Brady Bunch music playing. Because it's a Brady Bunch looking house. Yeah. I wonder if that's why. Yeah. It shows my costume pieces of it laying on the ground. Oh, and- you know what shocked me is they just ju- like this strip tease that you had planned, which was such a big project on so many different levels. They just jump into it like and it's half prepared. Like, I feel like you could have done a whole fun episode on you figuring out how to get the cake built you finding the person to do the outfit, picking the music, like choreography. Like, I feel like that could have been a whole, like, your third of an episode. You know what I mean? But they jump into, like, the cake thing, and it's, like, mostly already done. I know. And you guys, so much preparation went into this. Like, I say in an interview that I had been planning this for, like, two months prior. But so much had to happen. Like, first of all, I wanted wanted to do it, but, like, I've never done a burlesque before. Yeah, start at the very beginning. Tell us, like, why you had this idea, what inspired it. Well, exactly actually something I wanted to do for a few years because it goes back to what do you get hef Mm -hmm. so for me like maybe it's a performance of some sort or something like that and what kind of performance do you do at a birthday and it's the thing to me that popped out was popping out of a birthday cake like it's a thing right everyone's heard of that we can see cards with that like it's a thing well apparently it's not so much of a thing because I decided and then it's Hef's 80th birthday so of course this is the birth if I'm gonna do it this is the birthday to do it for so uh, there's no I don't even know where to start there is no cake there's no cake to pop out of like that doesn't exist it's a phantom cultural cliche you guys we were talking about this earlier because you know how sometimes you think of a certain trope like the whole how did I get into this mess intro to like an 80s movie that doesn't exist there's these certain things that you think oh this is a thing it's like a known thing everybody does it but when you try to look for what the source material of this thing was you can't find it like you would think there would be a prop house in Los Angeles that has a cake that a woman pops out of because that had to have happened so many times in like movies and commercials and TV shows. And birthday parties. (laughs) Yeah. No. So my first thing is it's going to be simple, right? I just got to rent a cake. We're in LA. There's a million prop houses. I think I found one, but it was so ugly and not really something you could pop out of. Like too small. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. And it was like dark purple and just ugly. Didn't look like a birthday cake. Mm -hmm. It just was round. I mean, like, (laughs) and it was just not what I envisioned at all. So um, I was talking to Mary about it. And she said, well, Captain Bob will help you make it. Why don't you talk to him about it? So literally Captain Bob and I went and we, I scoured the internet. I think I found plans for like a, like building a cake, but not really a cake you could jump out of. So we had to modify Mm -hmm. it. And it's literally Captain Bob and I like going to the Home Depot and picking up lumber and plywood. And it's round. So we had to take this like masonite, 
right and like get it wet and bend it and let it sit. Like there was a lot. There was a lot to this process. But I worked with Captain Bob on it. I mean, like he measured my foot. So I had exactly the enough room on each layer of the cake to walk around the cake. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there's just so much details went into it. We got carpeting for the little platform that I sit on inside. I like the caulking that like is put on like frosting. Like it looked like this, you guys. That's a whole other thing. Okay, so the cake is done, but it's just a plywood cake. So we bring it and we had to put it on wheels because it has to be able to move. It doesn't fit through any standard doorway. So you have to, um, luckily we could get it in through the sliding glass door at the bunny house. And um, it's really tall, especially when you're standing on top of it. So luckily the bunny house had the arched ceiling in the (laughs) dining room, but I needed to paint it now. And so the mansion helped me out with that. I picked out the paint that I wanted and they sprayed it down and painted it all white. And then Lori, the actual pastry chef from the mansion, brought her like big old piping bags and stuff. And I got tons of caulking and we just like filled the piping bags with that. And we piped every tier of that cake. And then I sewed the bows and the swag that went around it. I went to Michael's and got all the roses and flowers. I was looking for roses and flowers that look like they could be frost. And how did you decide what the cake was going to look like? I just had it in my head that that's what the perfect cake needs to look like. Which is another phantom cultural cliche because you're right. It does look like the stereotypical perfect girly birthday cake, but I can't think of anywhere I've ever really seen it. No, I don't think I've ever actually seen that cake, but in my head. We had it made for a photo shoot, though, so it has existed. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Wait till you see that. But it's three tiers and and it looks exactly like how I had it made. Yeah. So there's that. And then it was the whole learning a burlesque thing. Mm -hmm. Like, am I going to do my own thing? And when I was talking to Mary about that, she was like, why don't you talk to Catherine Delish? And if you don't know who Catherine Delish is, she is an amazing burlesque artist. And she also helps choreograph and does the costumes for Dita. Mm -hmm. So I was like, really? Do you think Catherine would help me? And she was like, well, you have to ask her. So I call Catherine and she's totally excited to help me. So for months. At least a month. Maybe I think it was over that. We rehearsed over at the Bunny House Mm -hmm. like every week. And she helped me um, design the costume. She she made it. We designed it together. She made the costume. She brought tons of different music for me to choose from. And I picked the one that I liked, which is not what you hear on the show. So many people have asked, what's that music you're using? I have no idea what the show used. Yeah, they just lay over like a generic bump and grind thing. But I think people think that was your actual actual music because I get that request a lot too. What song did Bridget use? Yeah. So I don't know that one. (laughs) I don't know what that song was, but I really liked the music. Uh I don't I I feel like I used to know the name. I have it somewhere though. I'll look for it. It's one of like the standard old bump and grind songs. I wanted it to be very much the song you know and relate to a a striptease. But she taught me so many tricks. She taught me how to like take the gloves off all sexy. Like you do it with your teeth Mm -hmm. and pull each of the fingers. She taught me how to undo my bra with just one hand which is a trick that I still love today I'm like oh watch this (laughs) (laughs) I wish I would have had choreography like that in peep show I had to do hip-hop Oh, that's hard. Hard for me. <laughs> yeah. But she was amazing. And she just worked with me. We were over there for hours and hours working on this. And I had so much fun with it. And I felt like, I don't know if it's wearing the corset or just doing all of that. It's a major workout. So I don't know if doing all of that was like a really good 
exercise or what, but I felt like I was getting a really good exercise. Well, in. your body looks amazing and all the time, but also in this episode. Thank like, I feel you. like your look in this episode is one of my favorite looks, like your hair, your makeup, your body, the colors of the outfit. It's just so pretty. Yeah, I love it all, too. And I think I looked really good, too. And I know and we're going to get into it. They show that I'm dieting or whatever. I promise you guys I was not dieting. I was and I do this for special events now. I'm doing it because my birthday is coming up right now. I just try to eat a little bit cleaner than normal, but I never, I never not allow myself to have something like I still birthday have, cake. Yeah. In this episode, it's birthday cake, but in my life right now, it's like licorice and caramel. <laughs> Today, it's birthday cake. Today, it's going to be cake for <laughs> sure. But I am, I'm, I'm being good right now because I have a big birthday coming up. So, um, I am doing that. But anyway, she helped me pick out the music and she helped me choreograph the routine and we did all these rehearsals. And so by the time you guys are seeing me do this, this is literally like two days before the party and crunch time everything is done and now I'm just rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing until like I know that I could do this in my sleep type mm-hmm. of thing because I know this is going to be a big deal I know there's a lot of people coming I know that they're filming it for the show and like I want this to be amazing but as I'm watching this like I feel the nerves that I had like it's scary. oh I bet I bet it's, it comes right back it's scary doing this and it also so exciting and so I feel like the excitement and the nerves and like I've, my tummy was like getting like upset because I'm like oh my god I'm so mm-hmm. nervous for myself and I know how it goes but I was so nervous for myself so I say in an interview Hess birthday present has taken over two months to come together and it shows Crystal helping me um and little Winnie is running around I like when you kind of get stuck in the cake for a minute and Crystal does this sinister laugh <laughs> so funny well because the one thing I hadn't practiced was I hadn't used the tissue paper yet like I knew mm-hmm. we were trying to think of what the best thing to do right there was and we just determined just maybe tissue paper something I can easily pop out of and but I had there was no reason to like do that for every practice so but now it's getting to crunch time and I got to make sure that that's going to work out so it was the first time that I was really like taped in there so that felt kind of claustrophobic weird yeah and this is the first time the lower third crystal and do the crystal camden hef's former girlfriend did we ask her when we interviewed her how she felt about that I don't remember. Because I don't know, because they did it to Stacey Burke, too, and I know Stacey doesn't care, but it always bothered me. I always felt like it was kind of um, belittling to the women and belittling to your friendship with them. Because obviously, like, Hef was very fond of Crystal and Stacey, and they were always welcome, and he liked having them around. But I feel like the real reason they were around so much was because they were close friends with you. Yeah, at that time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I just feel like this show, I I don't know, it didn't sit well with me at the time. And I think that's kind of why. I think I felt like it was belittling to the women and belittling to your friendship. Like, it's not enough that they're your friend. Yeah. And I get why they were doing it. They're going for the whole freak show element. Like, they want the viewers to be like, wait, he's been with her? Wait, he's been with her too? And they're still all still friends? Like, I know that's what they're going for. Yeah. But it always kind of was like an eye roll for me. For sure. 
And this is the time, too, that burlesque was really popular. Like, Dito was really popular, but the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, before the Pussycat Dolls was a singing group, they used to be, like, a burlesque group. They perform at the Roxy in Hollywood, and it was such a cute show. It was so cute, and I wanted to be a part of that so bad. Mm -hmm. Like, I just thought it was the cutest thing. I would still do something like that to this day. This burlesque was so much fun for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I always talk about how – I mean, I guess I can get into it in, in the next episode more, but I always talk about how I thought Playboy was like really liberating and 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 really exciting for me but this burlesque was like even more so super fun yeah i loved it so much and i have crystal type my corset and they're making i know they're trying to make a deal out of that like yeah no do it tighter do it tighter but like i don't know if you've ever worn a corset out there but like you can do it really tight and Mm -hmm. it feels fine and then we um, put the top of the cake on and i'm in there and she pushes play and i start the rehearsal pop through the tissue everything goes fine they just show a quick snippet of the routine but like seriously you guys my heart was racing watching this i was like oh yeah i would do it again right now so fun then the next scene we're out front of the mansion they zoom into you and mary's office yeah i love it because they're finally showing like my and mary's camaraderie like they do show me sitting in her office in season one. Yeah. But I feel like this season you're really getting a feel for like what our friendship was like. And I'm telling her what I'm going to get half for his birthday. And I'm like, wait, let me look and peek outside and make sure he's not coming. And Mary goes, he can't hear anyway. I love that. And she's so funny. I and I just that. love that scene. And then you say in an interview, Hef is really hard man to buy for. So I was thinking all year what I could get him. And I thought of one thing. Actually, it's two things. Two white peacocks. Because there used to be white peacocks at the mansion. And then there wasn't. And I thought this is what we really need. So I ordered two of them. I think they were like $400. And then you say that Ish from the animal department tracked down two of them. And they came in from Vegas, which I think is interesting mm-hmm. too. And that they were... We're um, in quarantine in our zoo in the backyard and that you're going to take Hef out there on Casablanca night and show him. That's another thing I like, too, is I feel like this season they start to focus in on, like, my involvement with the zoo. And, you know, I was always out there talking to the head of the zoo department-ish and learning everything about the animals. And I feel like you don't see that at all in season one. Yeah, no, definitely But this not. season, at least you get, because that was a big part of my life, I feel like. <laughs> And you say it's funny because Ish told you that the other peacocks know there are peacocks back there and they're excited. And I was thinking that is so cute. No, I love that. I'm still fascinated by that because these peacocks were quarantined, as you'll see later in the episode, in like this wooden shed on the back of the property. But Ish was like, all the other peacocks, they haven't seen them, but they know they're there and they're all excited. And I think that's so cute. I I was thinking totally cute, too. But then Mary says, well, how are you going to keep the boy from doing the gray ones? And you said, Why is your mind always in the gutter? (laughs) I know. Mary was so good on camera. She always said that she hated to be on camera. She didn't want to be on camera, but she was so good. I think so, too. She was really funny. And you're like, maybe they're just excited because they want to make friends, which was my initial thought. Mm -hmm. And then Mary, like, totally laughs. And you say, well, maybe he'll do everybody and we'll have all kinds of peacocks. And then they make this, like, weird peacock sound effect. (laughs) Yeah. Did you ever get accused, like, if you got half a gift of, oh, she probably used his money to buy the gift? 
Like, I feel like gossip bloggers would say shit like that. And I was like, um, I don't have access to have funds, but okay. No, I don't recall that. At I feel all. like somebody online said that snarky about me one time when I like got half a gift on the show. And I was like, uh, okay. They've probably said it about me too, but. That's stupid. <laughs> I feel like in this episode, Kendra's kind of lost. Like she doesn't really have something big to do in this episode. But the producers are really trying to give her like her equal amount of camera time and give her something to do. And I feel like I'm kind of happy because in this episode, I'm finally getting a little more time and attention and you're seeing a little bit more about my personality. And of course, you have a big thing you're working on. And Kendra doesn't, which is fine because we're all going to take our turns. You know, we're all going to have the episodes where we're not as involved as the other people. But I feel like they're really trying to find something for Kendra to do. Like, okay, we have all this footage of her undressing in her room. Let's plug that. Let's make it look like she's stressing she doesn't know what to get him well and it sort of fits the personalities that they've set for us too like you get have something that's really thoughtful and like loving these two new birds and that that's gonna like um stay at the mansion for a long time and then i'm giving hef this thing that i've like themed and and choreographed Mm -hmm. and and made and planned this whole time and then Kendra's like I don't know what to get have Mm -hmm. which it fits our personalities that they have set up so far too um so then going with your whole thing too that they were looking for stuff to give her time they go into Kendra's whole timeline of how she became like through Painted Lady and that whole show all of that old footage again I used to tease Kevin about that because they reused it so many times and I don't even think Kendra was fond of it because like in commentary she's like oh I hate my makeup I hate my hair yeah But again, like you said, they're trying to fill her space like they can't give they can't have an episode that she's in less. Yeah. And Tiffany is there with Kendra in the room and Kendra reads Tiffany the card. Which that kind of surprised me because I know their friendship fell off very quickly. Like I'm surprised she's even there. Still around. Yeah. Well, I think that she was there because she's going to be a painted lady that weekend for so I Mm -hmm. think she's there to stay at the mansion and Tiffany asked what she got him and then they make that clock ticking noise yeah like Mm -hmm. and then she says oh um yeah I got him this and there's a poster on her bed it's LA Confidential if you guys know that movie um she did like stir yeah and um she looks beautiful in the photo yeah it's this photo that Mark Frazier made the body painting guy because he would do like photoshop things for us and that was kind of a popular gift for Hef he, probably, he had a good little side hustle going on because like every year, a couple times a year, remember we did that cute one with all three of us as ghosts and we gave it to Hef for Halloween? Yeah. Because he would Photoshop us all different ways. Like he did like my Marie Antoinette painting for my birthday and stuff. And yeah, it was fun. He also did one of me with all the animals surrounding me. I'm like sitting on one of the stone yeah. lines. I like have my lovebirds here and a monkey and it's all Photoshopped. But like I put it on my MySpace and people thought it was real back then. They're like, how did you get all your animals to pose? <laughs> Yeah, he did cute things. That just made me think, too. There's something I might ask him. I wonder if he still does it, because there's something I might ask him for help with. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, that'd be a fun project. I should, like, try and do a video of it. Although I say that all the time, and then I never do a video. <laughs> you guys, I'm sorry. I'm so you bad guys, at it. You guys, I want to get back to vlogging so bad. And I had this grand scheme, because I thought this summer, I'm like, oh, we're in between, you know, advertising companies. We're working with the podcast. So let's take, like, a month off. I'm going to have time to get back 
back to my YouTube, I made one video. Of course, we didn't do a month off because we just had all these really fun interviews that were like, we want to put this out and this out and this out. And it was great. And I'm glad we did it. But I had grand plans for last month that I did not get around to. Yeah, I was thinking I should I should start doing my YouTube channel a little bit more too. And then I feel like I've forgotten everything. I don't even know where to start. But so Kendra's showing uh, Tiffany this LA Confidential poster that she had made, which is totally fine and amazing. And But then she says, it's nothing special like Bridget and Holly's gift. But I don't know. But Hef's not going to compare. No. It's not going to be like that. Like no. it's not, they're real, there isn't really that kind of pressure. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. And then in an interview, she said it's really hard to get half a birthday present. And this year it's extra hard because he is 8-0. <laughs> and Kendra looks concerned and asks Tiffany if she likes it. And Kendra said, thinks it's, says she thinks it's kind of boring. Not Tiffany doesn't say that. Kendra thinks it's kind of boring. We were talking in commentary about how pretty Tiffany is and how we thought she should have been a playmate and didn't know why she wasn't. I think it's because, though, Hef had this weird thing where, like, if a girl had been on the mansion scene for a while, it was like old news. Like he yeah. would never like look at somebody twice, which is interesting because I remember the whole time we were up there kind of thinking, maybe one day I'll be pretty enough. Maybe one day. And it only happened because of the TV show. Right. But it's like, I was so wrong to think that because I think he felt like, like the most gorgeous woman could walk in. But if he didn't think of her as a playmate, like within the first month or two, it was done. Like he never looked back. And one person I've always wondered about is, have you ever seen pictures of Vanna White from back in the day? Yes. So before Vanna White was on Wheel of Fortune, she was like a Playboy Mansion regular and she was stunning. And she had, I think, her boyfriend take these pictures to submit to be considered for Playmate. And she wasn't chosen. And that is like shocking to me because I think she's so stunning. Like her body, just everything back then was like perfection. And the only reason I can think of that Hef wouldn't have picked her is because she was like around in the social circle. So he kind of thought of her as old news. It was like a weird thing. It's like he couldn't see it anymore after a while. But if you guys don't know the Vanna White story, so she submitted those photos for Playmate, didn't get picked. So then she goes on to be cast on Wheel of Fortune, which was one of the biggest shows of the 80s. It's still on. She's still on it. Amazing. And after she became a huge star, of course, then Playboy wants to mine those old pictures that weren't good enough back then, but they want to put them in. She's this huge star. And I guess this is according to her book that I read. She went up to the mansion to beg Hef not to put those in the magazine. Because it's a very family show on Mm -hmm. at prime time. And in the 80s, there was like a strong wave of conservatism going through America. Like she genuinely thought she could have been fired. Yeah. Like she was terrified. She's like, please don't publish these pictures. And Hef said, okay I won't it's only money so then she leaves and next thing she knows they're fucking published so rude like I can't I cannot uh, so then the next scene, it's my room. There's a close-up on Gizmo. Aww. And little Winnie is carrying around her skeleton. Oh, my God. Mr. You guys, Bones. this was a blast from the past. This is a little thing that probably no one cares about. But for me, it seemed like such a big for deal to go back. too. Yeah, because Winnie had this little skeleton toy she played with, and she was obsessed with it. We called it Mr. Bones. She dug the squeaker out from inside of it. And once the plush part was dead, she still carried the squeaker around. And we tried to buy her more of that exact same toy, but she rejected it. She only wanted the original Mr. Bones. And that was like such a blast from the past. Yeah, I literally went to the pet store and bought 
like all of them they had. And then people were like, oh, well, it doesn't smell like her old one. That's why. So I took the guts of the old one and I stuffed it in like a Ziploc bag with the new ones and I zipped it up for a little while. And then I pulled one out and she still looked at it like, I don't even know what that is or like, (laughs) no lady, I'm not playing with that one at all. I felt so nostalgic when we were talking about that in commentary because it's one of those things you forget all about and then you're reminded and you're like, whoa. Yeah, same. Can we finally address the bassinet in your room? Oh, is it in this scene? Yeah, it is in the scene. You see it really clearly. And it's nothing I thought anything of because it totally fit the style of the room. But as I was rewatching these, because I kind of try and keep in mind, like, what would an average viewer think about this? Yeah. I'm like, people probably are wondering, why is there a bassinet in the room? <laughs> people have asked me before. Well, first of all, I got the bassinet. It was my cousin's because she legitimately had a baby mm-hmm. and uh, her she wasn't going to have any more kids. She was done with all that. She was going to toss it out. And I thought it would make a really good Halloween prop. So I was like, oh, don't throw it away. I want it. Mm -hmm. She's like, what are you going to do with it? I'm like, I don't know, but I'll think of something. So I had it. I brought it back to the mansion and I put uh, like Woof Woof in there. Mostly it was Woof Woof. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. The Woof Woof doll. And sometimes other like creepy dolls would go in there too. But it housed my um, demon babies. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's cute. Uh, in commentary, we were talking about how people always uh, message us about our animals and how they're like, well, we haven't we didn't see them in this episode, so they must be dead. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah. The next scene, a car pulls. <laughs> this is funny because a car is pulling up the mansion driveway. And I'm like, who's this? What car is that? And then it's me. <laughs> That is so funny. You know what's weird? This is the scene where your parents come, right? Yeah. I can feel when I watch this what this day felt like. And even though we're filming it in spring, it was one of those days that felt like fall. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Where the weather's just kind of crisp. It's like I'm watching it. I'm like, ooh, I remember that day. Like I'm transported back to that day. Yeah. Like I know exactly what the weather felt like, which you can't always tell by looking at it on screen. But Right. So um, the reason I'm driving this weird car and I don't recognize it is because it's what we call the mansion trail car. So my car was the Mercedes so it only fit one other person in there so I'm going to pick them up so I needed the bigger a bigger car so I borrowed the mansion car and it is so cold I'm like why does this scene seem like kind of awkward and weird it's because it's so cold outside and we're doing this big greeting scene with my family but we're just like no we just need to get inside it's freezing yeah I put in my notes that they cut the convo really weird like it doesn't really make sense yeah because you come running out and you give my mom and Jeff a hug which is all nice and stuff but the conversation's very awkward yeah and that we just rush into the house after that too so it just looks sort of weird but that's the reason it's freezing Um, and then oh my god you guys okay so then we sit down. It shows us having lunch. I want everything you guys were eating right now. I want that chicken Caesar salad. I want the chips. Yeah. I'm oh, hungry. me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. So we're at the dining room table. We're ordering lunch, a few beers, and I'm drinking a beer, even though I say I'm, I'm, they're trying to make it look like I'm dieting. Yeah. I feel like if you were really dieting, like a beer is like the last thing. Like, why would you put your calories there? Right. <laughs> Jeff says, my stepdad says, cheers to vacation time. And I say, I love hanging out with my parents. My family is great. And I love ha- having them here. And then they bring out a chicken Caesar salad for my mom and my stepdad. And the only reason my food isn't out there yet is because I ordered something different Mm -hmm. and it took longer. So if you really pay close attention later, you'll see that there is other food in front of me, but they just don't show me eating it. And this whole scene is edited super out of context because they show facial expressions that I'm making and they're in relation to conversation I'm having, but they make it look and and it's conversation I'm having about talking to them about how nervous I am for the striptease and all the work that I've put into it. And it's not 
but they make it look like it's about me not wanting to eat and me trying to be good and like me looking at their food and like looking all stressed and stuff. And this, I just (laughs) want everybody to know that I am not starving myself or I am, and I am not on a diet. I might be trying to eat healthier and cleaner. Not my, I am Mm -hmm. trying to eat healthier and cleaner and trying to be a little bit better so that I look the best I can, but I am in no means dieting or starving myself here. And then it cuts to my parents. And I just think this is so rude. This is so rude. I think I know what you're going to say. And it's something, it's one of the things that if I could go back and change anything about the show, I would, I mean, this is on my top five. Like I'm embarrassed for my parents because I think it's just absolutely ridiculous for them to do this, but it cuts to them eating their salads. And Jeff is like, oh, this chicken is so nice and warm. Oh man. And then they play nasty editing, eating noises, like slurping and munching and and belching and then there's even and it shows me like looking hella annoyed that they're like eating in front of me which is not the case at all those noises girl can I just tell you and first of all like I love the camp and I usually love every sound effect they use in this show me too but the gross burping, slurping, chewing, like all these noises, they think it's so funny because this isn't the only episode they do it in. I don't know why they got the big idea to start doing this in season two, but it continues throughout the seasons. It is so disgusting to me. It's like fingernails on a blackboard. I have no sense of humor about it. Hearing like fake burping and it makes me want to tear something out of the wall. What's that disorder people have when it like makes them mad and angry to hear certain sounds? Is it called misophonia or something like that? I don't know what it's called, but I get it too. It makes me want to punch a wall. And if I owned the rights to this show and could go back and change things, I would take those sound out sounds out because they make me angry me too (laughs) they give me that reaction too but i also think it's embarrassing to my parents like making it look like they're just like sloppy and sloppy and it it pisses me off and it's another like body shaming food thing that they like to employ throughout the whole thing yes and they even make some weird gaggy noise like i was like what is that so disgusting disgusting and um jeff's talking about oh you know oh i want to take them out for lunch and but this is fantastic this is even better And then they bring a plate of carrots and bell peppers for me. They are not (laughs) for me. They are for Winnie. And if you pay attention, you can see how excited Winnie gets when they come because she knows they're for her. She loved eating carrots and bell peppers. And But they kind of make it look like they're for you, but you can't even go there. You have to feed them to your dog. Right. Right. It like takes it so far. And I feel like it's just setting out such unhealthy expectations to people. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's not true at all. And um, this is um, my oh, and my mom says, oh, well, those carrots look pretty good. And it looks like she's talking to me like you should Uh eat them. But she's talking to Winnie. She's telling Winnie, oh, those carrots look good, you know, like in baby voice. Mm -hmm. And then I'm eating chips and dip and chips and salsa. I'm drinking a beer. And then I even order food. It looks like I ordered. I'm pretty sure I know what I ordered. I'm trying to look. It's really quick. But I used to order these. um, I would call it my healthy pizza. It was an English muffin split in two. And then they would put sauce and cheese and some like little olives and pepperoncinis on there. Do you remember the dog pizzas? Yes. We'll get to this in a couple episodes of the dog birthday party. It could have been that too. A pita pizza that was human food, but it was like safe for dogs to eat. That was one of my favorite things. It was so good. Yeah. Some 
sometimes I would put it on that too. So a pita. So instead of like this big bread crust, you put on a pita or like an English muffin or whatever. It was one of the tricks my trainer, I had a trainer for a little while. This was before um, we started shooting the show or anything like that. Just commenting how smooth the cottage cheese dip is <laughs> and, and then the burping noises. God. And I, I'm, I wrote in my notes, this is just foul and not funny. It makes me angry. <laughs> yeah. And then I wrote, this scene is revolting for several reasons. The sound effects, the dieting concept, which isn't true. And I feel like it makes my family look gross. So that's my wrap up of that whole scene. It pisses me <laughs> off. I want the whole scene just removed. It's awful. Then the next scene is close up on the outside Hef's bedroom windows, but it's in the takes office. place in the office. <laughs> yeah. Kendra's in the office again with Hef, and he's opening something up, like a present, and it's a framed photo of Al Capone with his autograph in it, like his actual autograph. And I'm like, this has to be from Alligator Man. That's what I was thinking, too. So Alligator Man was a friend of the producer Kevin Burns, and he met him because Kevin was a huge collector of memorabilia. So he was always on eBay looking for, like, the old Munster stuff. And it would get to a point where he realized he was always in the last minute bidding against this one other eBay user. And he was like, "Okay, I need to reach out to this person and we need to work together because all we're doing is driving up the price for each other. So he reached out to this guy and then ended up making friends with him. And he had a pet alligator, which was when I met him and learned a little bit about him. This was always what stuck in my mind. He had a pet alligator that he like raised in a bathtub or something. Like, yeah. I hope and, I don't think it was necessarily kept in the bathtub the whole time. I hope not. But an aquarium tank, too. I saw a picture of it in like this big aquarium tank. So I called him Alligator Man. And he gave us gifts, too. He gave Kendra that Al Capone thing. He gave you something. I forget what he gave me, but I have it somewhere. Yeah, he gave me. I have this thing right here if you're watching the video. Oh, yeah, this, this is cool. Is what he gave me, it was um, an original, like, animator sketch of Mickey and Minnie from a Disney cartoon. And then he had this Walt Disney signature and Walt's Mickey because Walt was always asked by fans to draw Mickey Mouse. And he didn't know how at first because he wasn't the one who sat there and did all the drawings all the time. Like he was Mickey's original voice, but eventually he did learn to draw Mickey because everybody's always asking him for Mickey. That's cute. Yeah. That's that's like Hef used to draw the Playboy bunny head. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the next scene, I'm in the great hall with my parents and we are about to walk over to the bunny house and I'm going to make them watch a dress rehearsal of my striptease routine because they're not going to be able to come to the actual party. And I really want them to see it because I put so much time and effort into it and I couldn't just not have them see it. Yeah. And you join us and walk over. And I don't even think my parents had ever even seen a burlesque dance before. Yeah. You know what's funny? I was thinking is I know he wouldn't ever do this, but I picture like the how the um, cake was kind of living in that dining room at the bunny house. I wonder like what would have happened if Hef would have randomly on an off day just wandered over there. Like I know he would never do that, but that would have been funny. I mean, he would have been been able, obviously his birthday was coming up. So we would have put two and two together that had something to do with the party. But I think it would have been funny and random. <laughs> would have been funny, but I felt pretty confident that he was never going to oh, go over there. Oh, he would there. never. And so many of the staff were involved in this, like Hank and Maintenance mm-hmm. and Mary and e- like everybody knew this was going down. Brian, Alea, everything. Uh-huh. So I think that if anybody had gotten the, Hef wouldn't have just walked over without anybody knowing it. So I yeah. think if anybody had gotten any kind of inkling that he was going to go over, they would have like thrown a tarp over it Cock or like, in yeah, some way. or like, yeah, prevented him from going over there. So I felt pretty confident in it. And then, um, so we go over there and I'm putting the costume on and you say it looks like frosting, which I was like, ding, 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 ding. 
exactly, exactly what it's supposed the to look like. Looks like frosting. And um, I say in interview, I'm not modest to strip in front of my. Oh, this is something I got a lot of backlash for doing this in front of my parents, especially my stepdad. You know what the upside of it is? Is they use that in the promo commercial for this episode, and I think it's one of the reasons it was a highest rated episode. So I want to say thank you for the ratings. <laughs> oh, good. You're welcome. <laughs> but I say I'm not modest to strip in front of my family, and after all, I do have on pasties and a g-string so i'm practically dressed but also like jeff was fully looking away through it like you can see if you're watching the footage like he's covering his eyes at the end but they try and make it look like he's like you know loosening his yeah but really it was because it was a warm day and we just walked all the way over to the bunny house well and they stuck around and helped me do some maintenance stuff on the cake and like do some like actual physical work that i had to do with it and stuff so Mm -hmm. they so we were like kind of hot and sweaty and that's why in the end too he goes let's go it's not because he's so irritated or hot and bothered by it or whatever it's because we've been over there for a while and like doing stuff like to get my whole situation perfect but i've never i've i mean if i were embarrassed of people to see me nude including my parents i wouldn't have done playboy yeah (laughs) totally and nudity was never like a big deal in our house like if you ran out of the bathroom and forgot something like nobody was like "Ooh, is she naked or whatever like you just went and did it really quick like it wasn't a big deal and I didn't really think anything of it but I guess people really thought a lot of this and like got a little bit bothered so sorry if you think it's weird but also they're only thinking that because it was cut weird too it is it is it was cut not the way it is and I remember well I don't you know what's weird is I remember seeing the scene so many times in the promo and then again when we watched it and again when we did commentary that I remember it from that perspective like as a viewer I don't remember actually going over there with you but I'm watching myself and I was like yeah, I was having fun with Winnie and like bouncing her around and stuff. But I don't remember. It's like the memory of seeing it on the show because I saw it so many times took over the real memory. That happens to me. No, it happens to me too. And the dining room in the Playmate house was so unfortunate because the carpet was gross. and It was this weird 50s paneling. And we were talking in commentary about how I wished I could turn it into a 40s soda shop. And I wanted like the black and white checkered floors. And I wanted to be red and white. And I didn't turn this into a soda shop, but the, that vision I had was how I did my kitchen in Vegas. It was I did so it in the 40s. <laughs> yeah. I love that you're dancing with Winnie and you're like covering Winnie's eyes and mm-hmm. stuff. It's so funny. And I say in an interview that when I was stripping, I realized it's one of my favorite things to do. And it totally is. That and trapeze. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I love it. And I say, maybe it's another career goal. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying it's never too late. Never too late. And then that's when Jeff says, okay, it's time to go. And they act like he's all bothered by things, mm-hmm. but not the case. So I think you look amazing in this scene and I totally can see I was having fun over there, even though I don't remember it anymore. But you know what it made me think of is it made me think of how I didn't realize until I did a show in Vegas how much of the audience the performers can see. Because when I would go see a show, I always feel like I'm in the dark. So unless I'm in the front row, they can't really see me. But they really can see you. And it makes me self-conscious as an audience member. It's like, am I making weird faces? I want to make sure not to laugh or to appreciate the good parts. Right. Like they can really see you. And I always feel self-conscious. Like even watching you during the rehearsal, I like want you to know I'm having a good time and that I'm paying attention. I'm so self-conscious as like an audience member. I can totally see that because, but you know what, at the party, and we'll get into it more in the um, episode where I actually do the performance, Mm -hmm. but it's all sort of a blur. Oh, I bet. I bet you don't remember that at all, hardly. No. And I remember like, I remember seeing a couple of faces 
But, like, I could for sure see everybody. Yeah. And I know everybody was gathered around. But, like, it's all just sort of. Yeah. And I wish that, so you never see the whole routine. I wish there was a video, and maybe John Collado has it, but I wish oh, I had yeah. a video of the entire routine with the real music. There well, may, Maybe somewhere I have it. What, did they still give us the DVD of the parties? I yeah. have so many DVDs. I might have one of just my performance. I'm not sure, we'll but I can look, look and see it. if I have Hef's 80th birthday on it's so there. weird because everything's so easily documentable now that I think back to my childhood, like my parents never had like a camcorder or anything. There's literally not one video of me as a kid. It doesn't exist. Ancient times. So um, when I was growing up with just my mom and my brother, we didn't have anything like that mm-hmm. at all. I don't even think we had a regular camera, maybe. But my uncle had like he was always like Mr. Tech guy. Oh. And so like at holidays and stuff, there's like a little bit of us doing my little performances that I used to get my cousins to do. When we moved in with Jeff, my stepdad, and my mom got pregnant, my he bought a video camera and then things started getting documented but it's yeah. like you know with the big VHS tape in yeah. there and stuff and they were like kind of Giant. big yeah it was all of that so I'm excited to get into the rest of the episode next week because I'm enjoying this episode I feel like I'm finally getting a tiny moment in the spotlight a little bit like or at least a little bit of my personalities coming out or whatever and I like everything that's going on so me too and like I've said a million times already doing this strip tease was one of the funnest things I've done and I I love talking about it. I love reliving it. And I love I love everything about it from the 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 choreography to the cake to the costume, everything. You know, what's funny, you guys, is I had this cake recreated for a photo shoot as an actual cake. And when I sent the picture to Showboy Bake Shop in Las Vegas, who I love, so I have to plug, I sent the picture that you took on the cake for like a calendar and I sent it to them. I'm like, hey, can I get this made for a photo shoot? And he goes, "Okay, so you want it? big enough for a person to stand by like they thought I wanted like this giant eight foot like real cake it was so funny I'm like no just like a like a wedding cake size or something like that that would be like a massive cake oh my god I would fall into it head first So we will see you guys next week. If you would like more content, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girlsnextlevel. And we'll see you next week, guys. Now let's get into this cake. I know. Bye, guys.